Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about. We will employ an exciting, fast, explosive, and diverse offense combined with a physical, punishing, relentless, suffocating defense. Relentless, suffocating defense. Oh, doesn't it just sound so good, Tyler? I have. Isn't it just music to your ears? TMI here, especially for you. I had a little bit of a moment today, about 45 minutes before the show. Really? I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, remembered that clip, and I, I put it in the open, and like I was in the – it was – I was afraid it was going to get a little bit weird. I got so excited about that clip all over again. Yeah, I was in a booth by myself. As I, don't, yeah, I'll, I don't want to give you any more details than that, but I got really excited earlier today. A little, little misty-eyed in yeah. there, putting some stuff together. How about that? Well, what? Practice number two was today, right? Um, practice three, I'm guessing, is going to be Saturday and it sounds like they're putting the pads Woo, on Saturday. Buddy, no prisoners on Saturday. Saturday's a big day for the boys is what it sounds like. Uh, speaking of pads, am I the only person out there that absolutely hates the new helmet that Dylan Gabriel was wearing? I told you this two days ago when you were like, what are you talking about? You had no idea what, what I was even mentioning. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Now, it's it's used for technology purposes is what it sounds like. C.J. Stroud at Ohio State's using it. Some others are, too. I don't think he's going to be wearing that during the season. I hope he's not going to be wearing that during the season. It looks like a, it looks like a space helmet is what yeah. it looks like. Here's what I hate about quarterbacks, okay? Uh, Dylan Gabriel's a great player. C.J. Stroud's a great player. Why don't they put it on a football player that actually gets hit in the head more than one time a game? Why? Well, right? If, if they want to actually track during the spring, yeah. So I'm saying, once you put it on someone that's actually out there uh, thumping with their skull every now and then to see if there's anything that you can actually use the technology for, don't put it on the guy that gets hit less than literally anyone else on the field. Yeah, if I had to take a bet on who gets hit more this offseason, uh, Michael Turk or Dylan Gabriel, I think I would take Michael Turk in a roughing the punter situation in practice. I think he'll get hit more. Yeah. But, dude, it's got to be it's got to be used for something more than just, you know, measuring helmet impact or I, – I don't know. I don't really know what it's exactly used for, but it's got to be something other than that. They are smart enough to not just – put it on quarterbacks it's got to be well, used here's for the something thing. else well they're putting it on the most they're trying to sell helmets is what they're trying to do so they're putting it on the most photographed recognizable players on the field and you know here's whenever i saw the helmet here's the first thing i thought of 
because there's almost no face mask, right? It's it's the the visor takes up almost his whole face, and you get the window like all the way back behind the eyes. Like for vision, it's great. But here's what I thought: they're not doing that so the player can see better and it's safer. Like that's not what that is. They're trying to make the players' faces more visible to where they're more marketable. <laughs> That's probably right. You know what I'm saying? Dylan like Gabriel's NBA pretty and, aggressive right now in terms of uh, NIL stuff. I mean, he's trying to get some things done for sure. So, well, I'm know. not saying that it's it's like him personally, but like that would be like, – like if you're the NFL and you're sitting in a meeting talking about what can we do with the helmets, someone's going to say like – how can we make the our players more recognizable? They're out there in all this gear. They're out there in a helmet. We need people to be able to recognize who these guys are when they see them in everyday life. So what do you do? You have this space-age helmet that's almost entirely visor on the front of it. It, it looks funky, man. Like, we've seen some different face masks over the years. I think when you were in college – um, I don't even remember what that it was like the revolution face mask. You remember those? No, I feel like those came maybe the year after you or something like that. Is that the ones that had a bunch of bars on them? Yeah, I think Rufus swore yeah. it the year after, but we've seen like different face masks over the years, but that's the funkiest helmet I have ever seen before in my life. Yeah. Especially with the face mask on it. And frankly, I'll say this. Uh, there's a reason that we need to be hiding most football players behind these helmets and face masks, okay? It's an ugly group of guys. It's an ugly group of guys. But, no, they'll be putting the pads on this weekend, and that's whenever it gets real, man. It's it's one thing whenever you're running around out there, as uh, some coaches call it, in your pajamas, but whenever you put the pads on, start popping a little bit, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, do you think that there's going to be more pad pop in this offseason than normal? We have uh, thought that this program has been, you know, a little too soft over the past several years, right? they got to get the, the toughness back. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's the opinion of Brent Vittables or not, but it's the opinion of pretty much everyone else. Is there a chance that there's a little bit more pad popping going on this spring to kind of – kind of bring the toughness back that we're all looking for or not so much um i don't it's hard to say i my obviously my initial reaction is to say yes there will be but i don't know i i i I don't know what that format's going to look like i don't know what the layout of practice is going to look like so I don't know. If I had to choose, I would say, yes, Venables will have a more physical practice than Lincoln Riley did. But you, I just I don't have anything to base that on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I just think that he's more I, – I just think that you've seen from the first two practices, it's way more upbeat. The pr- and not that we were at practice before, but, you know – it looks, yeah. it looks like you can tell that things are run a little bit differently, and I would imagine that there's probably a little bit more pad popping going on. Maybe not on Saturday, by, but by to- towards the end of things, I- I'm going to guess that that's probably the case. Th- because well, here's the deal, Teddy. They are a 
they're a defense program now. Like, they're not going to sacrifice the offense. I mean, the offense is still going to be good. It's still going to be a big part of what they do. But the defense, the defensive side of the ball will be more of an emphasis than it's been in several years around here. Well, yeah, and you've heard Venables since he got off the plane, right? What has he talked about? He's talked about transitioning to the SEC, and whether anyone wants to acknowledge it or not, that is a conference that is way more difficult to win the line of scrimmage, right? And I, I think that he's going to start playing towards that. It doesn't mean that you have to line up in I formation and run ISO every single play, but I do think that physicality, being able to control the line of scrimmage offensively, defensively, run the ball uh, in in short yardage, all of those things, like those are critical aspects, and I, I think they're going to play to that, and, and they're going to, you know, it's, it's what I say all the time. It's not about what you coach. It's about what you emphasize. And if you start emphasizing every day in practice winning the line of scrimmage because you do more combo drill, you do more inside drill than you typically do, like that emphasis shows up in your football team on Saturday. I don't think the uh, preparation for the SEC starts when we get a uh, final announcement on the year OU is going to the league. I think that the uh, preparation for the SEC from OU's side of things in terms of how they're going to play and how that league's going to play them, I think that that's already started, dude. Like, I don't I don't think you're going to see this program. And, and really, the Big 12 is a, it's a good defensive league now. But I like what you're saying, I think that they're preparing now to be a line of scrimmage program. They're already getting ready to go to that conference. Yep, I agree. Uh, I've just been handed a note, Tyler. Uh-oh. I wore a VSR-4 helmet, and maybe that's a face mask or the helmet. I'm not sure, but um, there you have it. That's what VSR-4 sounds tough. And, frankly, it looked tough with the half little horseshoe thing on there, and that's whenever you don't have it, you fake it. And you try and look the part, right? No, that's that's true. <laughs> like you can uh, in baseball, you can easily spot out the sucky players because they have high stirrups on, they have a hundred and eighty dollar Oakleys on, the they, necklace. They have uh, the necklace that's supposed to give you all the balance. God, I feel for that one when I was a kid. How stupid! They've got the eye black on. Um, and they have the tape Elbow around. and shin, shin guard yes. whenever they're at bat? Yes, and they have the tape around the wrist. If you see the kid that's accessorized out, you're like, yeah, he's not a very good player. <laughs> now that I think about it, you were pretty accessorized out. The face mask, the half horseshoe, the cowboy collar in the back. Oh, boy. Teddy uh, made use of all the accessories out there. That is not true. It's totally true. All I, I didn't have any accessories other than gloves and the cowboy collar which i considered to be functional what you guys other than that nothing what you guys don't know is teddy did play with a puka shell necklace underneath his uh, <laughs> uniform he bought that from american eagle for uh, puka shell necklace i i had no wristbands no uh, ultimate warrior cut up wristbands up on the biceps nothing Okay. You at Plain least, and simple. You at least, and this was the era of this. You at least had a necklace with your number on it. No way. I had. That you know too. me. Embarrassing. I've ne- there's never been one day in my life that I've worn a watch. 
that I've worn a bracelet, that I've worn a necklace. Never. Has never happened. Okay. So maybe he didn't have the puka shell necklace. Maybe I was lying. Maybe he didn't even have the number necklace, which, by the way, all the things that I'm making fun of for you, I did every single one of these things. <laughs> I had them all. But the one thing I didn't do that you did that can top everything, yes, Teddy was one of the guys that shaved his number in the back of his head. Do we all remember yeah. that era? That Teddy did that one. I never did. Yeah, that was fourth grade, okay? And my mom did it one morning before school, and – it looked terrible, all right? And I, I, I suffered through one day of school because I had a bunch of friends that did it, and it was professionally done by a barber, okay? Yeah, the one I So barber. I wanted it done, and which, if you don't know, I never got my haircut by a barber until I was like in the seventh or eighth grade. <laughs> my haircut was my dad on the back porch shaving giving me a buzz cut no one surprised with a uh, either a no guard or like a one guard nobody surprised and uh so my mom was like well i'll just do it for you she cut my soccer number 89 into the back of my head looked horrible and i had him shave it off that evening <laughs> that's so great uh, terrible it's one of my favorite stories i don't actually i think my favorite story is that uh, your hair was not professionally cut until you were about 14 years old I remember still awesome though. My mom laughing and at the same time telling me it looked good. In the for like now I would never walk out of the door with someone's laughing and then saying that it looked good. But in the fourth grade, you can't really put those two things together, so I've told you the story about my mom senior year of high school, dude. All right, a little bit different when you're fourteen years old. Senior year of high school, before the Grady County Basketball Tournament, which it's a pretty big deal, Ted. No big, we were the one seed, all right? Um, she cut my hair on Ambien two days before the first round. And the end result was like she looked like she cut my hair while she was on Ambien. I told you that, right? Uh, yeah, that's so good. Oh, man. That's amazing. It's not amazing. It took like three years to grow it all the way back. Well, I like the Grady County basketball tournament. There's like, I think, 1,700 people that live in Grady County. Yeah, and they all showed so. up to USAO's <laughs> gymnasium, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, man. All right, quick timeout. I'm at Newcastle Casino today, so they've got a lot of stuff going on. They've got off-track betting right now. They've got 18 different betting stations, 12 flat-screen TVs. They've got live tellers plus a self-service kiosk as well. You can check the casino for hours of operation. Happy hour, drink up Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., 350 Budweiser, Bud Light, uh, Michelob Ultra Cans, $5 well drinks, and then earn 20, get $20 Tuesdays through Thursdays, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Earn 20 points on your real rewards card and receive $20 bonus play out here at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community. We're Teddy Lehman, keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439. You like this song or has it been too overplayed over the years? Uh, I like it. I like it. I like it too, but got me really hype when... Uh, 
heard they were playing this at practice to start things off today. They're playing some good oh, tunes. Oh, were they really? Yeah, they're playing some good tunes at practice these days, man. Uh, the boys are back in town to start off practice number one on Tuesday, and this was blaring as they started practice today. So, big fan of that. That's good. No, uh, Harry Connick Jr., remember when I told you uh, whenever I'd go watch film in Venable's office, back in the day he'd be <laughs> listening to Harry Connick Jr.? What are you talking about, man? This is good stuff. What are you oh, talking it's about? great stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we got corrected on the text line about uh, how good he is, which I will admit it wasn't. It was good. It just was not my was not my jam. It's kind of like jazzy, maybe bluesy type of deal. I think he was, if I remember right, he's a piano player. So probably not really only, my style, especially when I was down. twenty years old. I mean, you got to have an unwind, you know. And he's not a no. uh, he's not a drinker. Right? He doesn't drink, correct? Yeah, he was not calm. He would be back there, like, drumming with a pencil or a pen while he's working, uh, doing his work, uh, drumming and jamming to Harry Connick Jr., talking to me about what film I'm watching, uh, asking me all kinds of random questions about uh, life. It's nonstop. Ten conversations at once, <laughs> at all all the, all times of the day. Uh, this uh, Michael says on the text line: I cut my brother's hair on Senior Picture Day and forgot to put the guard on the Clippers. Two words: White Walls. Ooh. I blame your brother for letting you cut his hair on Senior Picture Day. Really, you're asking for that? That's funny. I guess like whenever you used to have the you, the sides of your head shaved up. They called it white walls. I remember my dad uh, saying that to me. I was like, no, I don't even know what that is. It sounds horrible. Don't give me white walls. <laughs> this text, Just please make me look decent. This text said someone on Twitter said they're playing music to cater to the coaches and not the players. Great. <laughs> cue, cue all the texts. We can't do that. The recruits won't like it. God, I can see that text now popping up. <laughs> recruits don't like Motley Crue. Ah, uh, that's funny. I feel like Teddy is the guy who had his initial seared into his shoulder. <laughs> no, but ah, oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. Mm, let's hear it. I did the stupid. Did you do the eraser burn on your no, hand that's, or that's arm ridiculous. or anything? Seriously, you did that? Yeah. God, you're... So beneath you, I'm embarrassed. So stupid. All my friends did it. I was. Oh yeah, that's great. The, yeah, the yeah. guy that had the pet snake when you were growing up. Let's do what he did. Yeah, he did the eraser burn. Clearly, he has a clear mind. He owned a pet snake and it was loose for a while. Yeah, let's do what that guy does. Yeah, uh, it's funny you say that because I do believe the eraser burn originated with that exact guy. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> How did you make it out of there with the, with those dudes you hung out with? My God. I have no idea. That same guy used to take two staples out of the teacher's stapler on the desk. And you twist them together, and you can make like a spike out of them. And he would put them in your chair, and you'd sit on that chair, and it would, it would stab you. Beautiful. Like through your... Yeah. 
pants, shorts, great, whatever, great and comedy. stab you. Great comedy. Yeah, he thought it was hilarious. God. <laughs> I never. Well, you got blood pouring out of your legs from your. Uh, brutal. I never went to a barber until I was 32. I had no idea how to answer when he said, What are we doing? <laughs> Don't feel bad. That's most guys. I feel like most guys just go into the barber or wherever and say, uh, they ask, what do you want? Oh, uh, just a regular haircut. What's what's a regular haircut, sir? What is that? I believe the first time I got my haircut, and I told you it was by Bud Huggins, uh, the one-eyed barber in Fort Gibson. I'd go after school. My mom would give me, I think it was five bucks for a haircut, and she'd give me six for a tip. Oh, dollar tip. How sweet. Dollar tip. And he'd give me, I think that was whenever Terminator 2 had come out. So I wanted the flat top. <laughs> so he gave me a somewhat flat oh, top on, on, on the top of my head. You know, if you go to a professional bar, you may have, I'll, I'll give you some credit. You may have stood a chance looking good with the flat top back then. Honestly, you may have. That could be a stretch. Mm -hmm. There's a chance you could have looked good with the flat top. But not a flat top by a one-eyed barber that only ch chooses or charges five bucks to get it done. Right. You know? I think I think sometimes it looked good. Not all the time, but sometimes it looked good. It was just funny that I would be the only kid in there, and there'd be like ten other like old men retired sitting around talking, and I was just like sitting over there in the corner. I had no idea what they were talking about. They were reading the newspaper and jawing back and forth, and I just kind of sat there quietly. It was pretty miserable, yeah, really, for me. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> hey, by the way, Kickstart My Heart uh, makes me remember that uh, you still not watched Pam and Tommy. So if you could do that at some point throughout this offseason, I'd appreciate it so we can talk about it. Ah, I need to. You is need that to. a Netflix one? That is a – no, that's a Hulu thing. I think. Hulu. Yeah. Ah, that's right. I'll tell you what is funny, though. That reminds me. Uh, I was not aware, but apparently I've been paying for Paramount all along, and I am able to, to watch 1883 or whatever after all. Feels so, good, doesn't it? No, it feels like someone's been robbing me every month for I don't know how long. That's how it feels. Eight ninety nine a month. Mm, every single month. Jeez. Unbelievable. Did you, um, I'm guessing you didn't go to practice? Today, do you have any observations about practice number two? I did not go to practice. Um, I was thinking about maybe going to practice on Saturday. Oh, I only show up when they put on the pads. That's when I show up. That does sound like you. Yeah, it kind of does. Now that you mentioned that, <laughs> I don't want to wait. Ain't practiced yet. Yeah, that is the cool thing. Like. Do you like? Would you text him before you go out, or would you just show up? I feel like you could just show up, and it would be okay. Um, before you would have had to fill out paperwork. They would need your uh, social security an card, NDA, an NDA. I mean, it would have been a six month. It would have been worse than getting a passport for you to go to practice previously. Now I feel like you could just show up. I feel like I could show up, and I'll tell you why. When I was up there yesterday uh one of the first things 
he said, well, I think I was, maybe I asked how practice went. No, no, no. No, I didn't even say that. He uh, he just said, well, where the hell were you yesterday? <laughs> I love that. That's so great. And it doesn't sound like he was like half kidding and half serious from what I can tell. Right. It was, I think, uh, I think only a quarter kidding. The rest serious. <laughs> he expects you to be out there all tw- 25 practices this spring. I love that. I love that. I was like, hey. You gotta understand, Lincoln let me show up out there and watch stretch one time before. I mean, that's what I was dealing with uh, dealing with previously. Yeah, I hope you really so. said that back to him. That'd be awesome. No, um, yep. I, takeaways. Theo Weiss is out there. It looks like he's a full go running around. What uh, kind of role is he going to play at wide receiver this year? Can is he going to be the number two wide receiver or is he going to be the third Man, down dude again? I'll tell you what. I think wide receiver is I, I think it's one of those spots. And if we take the coaches at face value, which every single coach at every program in the country says that, well, ain't no one to start right now. One's got to earn their spot this spring, right? I mean, everyone says that. But with a new coaching staff, I give it a little bit more credence. And even though they've been – They've they've gone through some stuff with the players. They've been out there walking through. Uh, they've they've been there, you know, in the flesh during some of the workouts. So I think they have an idea of what they want to do at some of the positions. But I do think it's more wide open than we would typically think. And considering that, I feel like wide receiver is one of the real spots that. You could see some honest movement and some guys emerge maybe that we hadn't thought about or hadn't seen much of and guys that previously had had maybe more prominent roles, you know, find a back seat. It, it's, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm not talking about any specific example. I just feel like in a, in a, a new, new system with the new offensive coordinator, you know, prioritizing different routes and, you know, there's. I think there's going to be a specialty on guys that run good RPO routes. So, like, your quick slants and kind of your quick option stuff. And I think you're going to prioritize guys that run good deep ball routes. So that, that may highlight a couple of different guys than the previous offense highlighted. So... You may have some different guys emerge. That's just a that's just a hunch, a theory. I, you know, I, I don't know who specifically that may be, but I could see a scenario where, you know, given a new offense, you've got different guys out there that can do different things. I think in terms of number of guys that are in the in consideration, wide receiver is probably the position where there's the most competition. Um, but I also I'm not worried about that position being good, like. There's a lot of guys in the mix, but I, I think that they're going to find three, four guys, whatever, they are going to be good enough. Like, a wide receiver will be okay. But what's important to me is I think they've got to have a true number one guy develop. When we've seen OU offenses in the past really be their best, it's when they've had a legitimate number one option. They've got a good two or three, but they got a true number one dude. So whether that's Mims or Farouk or whoever that is, that's equally as important as – 
a dude steps up, and it's pretty clear on who their number one guy is. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, whenever you were out hobnobbing in New Mexico with yeah. all the Edmonites yep. you hang out with yep. now, uh-huh, last week, Parker and I were, were chatting a little bit about the wide receiver position, and, you know, he brought up an interesting point that Lincoln kind of, I don't know, not necessarily got himself in trouble, but by spreading the ball around so much, and it wasn't like an organic spreading of the ball. It was like we've got to hit these these quotas on all these guys and how many touches they get that it kind of it, it didn't really didn't really highlight maybe the best guys, the best players. Like whenever you look at the last year the receiving statistics, Mims had thirty two catches. I'm going through catches here. Mims had thirty two Woods had 35, Hazelwood had 39, Mario Williams had 35, Jeremiah Hall had 32. Like you've got a bunch of guys that are right there, like all bunched together. Now, that can clearly have its its benefits. But you know, whenever you flip that and you look at what Lebby did at Ole Miss as I bring up his the stats for them, it was Way more, like, they had a go-to guy. The Drummond kid was their go-to. And I think he caught twice as many passes as everyone else. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, he had 76 receptions. The next closest on the team was 32, and that was a running back. So, like, they had their guy that they would, like, matchup-wise, he's winning, we're going to him. Don't overthink it, man, and I think that – yeah. He did that a lot. He tried to look like the smartest guy in the room. He overthought it. Sometimes if you got just a matchup that you're kicking someone on every single down, just throw it to him. And I think that he was very poor in letting guys get in a groove, especially later on, whether it be the running game, abandoning the running game at times. But like what you're saying with wide receiver, if Marvin Mims was beating some dude, just continue to throw him, throw him the ball. I don't know if it was so much of overthought himself, maybe it was more of that, or if he brought in so many high-profile wide receivers that he thought, yeah, I've got to get these guys these touches or they're going to enter into the transfer portal. It's probably going to be a combination of both. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it what it ended up being. And that's what I'm saying. It wasn't, it wasn't like an organic spreading the ball around. It was almost like we've we've got to find a way to do it, like, to, to kind of force feed that and I don't you, instead of doing that you're you're running your offense instead of attacking the defense's weakness if that makes sense and you know there can there's something to be said about running your offense but if you really want to expose someone you attack that weakness and and really expose it so yeah, yeah I don't know just just interesting I think wide receiver could be could be really fun to watch because I know we've got great talent, and it's going to be fascinating to see how Levy, you know, lets that unfold. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107 in Newcastle.
Citra, Oklahoma, Buick, GMC dealers, bringing you our number one of the rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Let's get you some text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Teddy may have never over-accessorized on the football field, but I do recall running into him at an establishment on Campus Corner around 2002. He was wearing a Batman t-shirt with a nice bright red dress tie. Actually didn't look half bad. A a Batman t-shirt with a dress tie? A nice bright red dress tie is what this texter says. No way. I mean, I'm. There must have been someone. I don't see you pulling off that. Look. No way. There's no way. There's no way, man. I. The first time I wore a tie was to a date party, and Lance Donnelly had to tie it for me and like fit it over my head. I thought you'd have a clip on. Really thought you'd have no. a clip on. And it was all done like very last minute and everything, just not well done. That's really, I think that's the only time, that was the first time I wore a tie. I don't think I wore a tie again until my junior year whenever I had to go to the ESPN award show. I was about to say, I was kind of racking my brain, he never was at a wedding while he was in high school before the date party. Then I remembered you missed your uh, sister's wedding for a high school football (laughs) game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Teddy was bought a plane ticket and everything for the wedding in Florida, and well, he just decided that he wasn't going to get on the plane that day. He'd rather play the football game. Tyler, football guy. We were playing. Uh, I believe Sky took that Friday, uh. and my team needed me. <laughs> Please tell me you eventually lost, even though you didn't go. I think we lost. But if I remembered right, if I remember right, I think I, I think it was like a, almost a turning point for me type of football game. <laughs> if you know. What oh, I'm is saying. that how you're justifying it? That was yeah. the turning point yes. of my career. Like I missed my sister's wedding when my dad bought my plane ticket and I stayed home instead and didn't tell him. But man, that was the turning point of my career. Oh, okay. That's how I justify it. Parents weren't happy, um, and I thought, hey, since I didn't get on the plane like I was supposed to, parents are already mad. Why not have a post-football game party at the house, too? It's <laughs> uh, so great. It's so awesome. Uh, text line, Marvin Mims is your number one receiver. Any games last year where Mims wasn't getting the ball, the offense sputtered. Well, how many times did he get the ball? The Texas game? 35, and, I just told you that. No, I, how many games? The Texas game, he got the ball. He threw him a couple jump balls. Not very many Not very many games after that did they really get him the rock. Right. Um, well, you know, part of the problem is if, if you – I don't know. I think, I think Mims is a – Without a doubt, a really good wide receiver. But I don't know that we actually – I think he may be a better deep ball guy than than maybe we used him. And I don't think we played to his strengths a whole heck of a lot. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of part of it. And, you know, it's fair that sometimes deep ball specialists don't get the ball as much. 
don't get as many targets, but you also got to be yeah. able to run the ball a little bit to throw the deep. I mean, you don't have to, but it's ideal. That's when the deep ball is most effective is when you can run the ball or, you know, your quarterback has enough time to let it develop. They didn't really right. have either of those two. <laughs> that offense last year was not predicated on the deep ball. It was not where, where its weaknesses were at, who was calling the plays, all that. Like, looking back now, it's not that shocking. The deep ball was not a big part of their offense. Man. He caught five balls against Tulane for 117, five against Texas for 136, and four against Tech for 135. He went over 100 yards three times. Those three games are the only times he went over 100. And let's see, he had four games where he only caught one ball. Uh, Yeah, the majority of the games last year he caught one or two passes. That's pretty unacceptable. Uh, nine ha- of nine games last year, he had either one or two catches. You know what? And he's the type of guy, based on the freshman year that he had and coming back last year, he should have been the guy that you were force-feeding it to. Even when he's not that much of a factor, he's like one of those players, I think on last year's team especially, like he's not one of the best that OU's ever had, but I think he was the best receiver on that team last year. At some point in the game, you just start force-feeding him. And just get the ball yeah. in his hands and see if something could happen. They did that last year, but not to Marvin Mims. They did that to Mario Williams. It was like he right. was so much more enamored with his new shiny toy on offense than the proven commodity that was coming back for his sophomore year. I, 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 I mean, that's just another thing that I don't get. Yeah, Mims had more catches and more touchdowns his freshman year than he did last year. Weird. But, you know, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley were offensive magic in Oklahoma last year. Well, that was about, that was that and the tech game was about it offensively where there was any magic. Man, you know, Mims had five touchdowns last year and he caught two against Tech, two against Texas, and one against Oregon and blanked everywhere else. Yep. They also didn't score as many touchdowns as they're used to uh, scoring last season. But That's still, right. but still, I to only have two games in the regular season where you caught touchdowns, yeah, not okay. That's wild, isn't it? Okie State he had one catch for four yards. God, ah, stop. Okay, I can't handle this like, anymore. It hurts. Those the three toughest games that we played at the end of the year: Baylor, ISU, and Okie State. Four total catches and, I don't know, maybe maybe 40 yards, 43 yards. I mean, I guess he's got to have some of the blame, I guess. I, I feel like a lot of that's out of his hands. I don't know. I mean, there's there may be something to it. I, I think the quarterback is probably the biggest reason, you know, um, I, I, as the year went on, Caleb Williams struggled throwing the football with the looks that he was getting, especially those final three games. And I think because of that, he struggled. And like, if you're a deep ball type of route runner and a lot of the looks you're getting are drop eight, big zones with tons of help over the top and forcing your quarterback to read it out, you're not going to get nearly as many balls. Let me read two texts real quick. Sure, Muleshoe favored Mario last year. He was recruiting him to USC. 
fair point. Also, uh, everyone, not everyone, most people are taking your side on the whole skipping your sister's wedding thing. Greg from Lawton right. says, who the hell gets married during football season? Sister earned that one. I understand if you're a Texas fan getting married in late September, early October, since their season is over, but jeez, come on. And it was a destination wedding. It was in Florida. So, there you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next here from Newcastle Casino. It is the rush, and if you guys just want to continue to light up the Air Comfort Solutions text line today, I mean, I, I got a lot of college football content today, but you keep peppering us with questions, we'll get to it. Uh, you made a comment about your sister having a destination wedding at the tail end yeah. of last segment, and um, <laughs> someone says, uh, I'm going to try to find it again, actually. Someone made the comment, uh, ha yeah, who would be dumb enough to have a desti- destination wedding in Florida? If you don't get that joke, I had a destination wedding in Florida last summer. Thanks, jerk. Yeah, well, at least my sister had a destination wedding in Florida whenever the weather is a little cooler than in August. July 31st. Or July 31st. Woo! Hey, real quick, Teddy, does a left-handed quarterback bother a defense at all? That's, That's also on there. No. I don't think so. I'm trying to think as as to why it would be different. I get the only thing I can think of that's different is the quarterback's blind side is on a different side, but that really doesn't affect you, especially not in college football because you typically are defending the formation or the field more than you are like the offense being right-handed or left-handed that's more of an nfl type of thing so i don't think so but i'll think about it over this break quick timeout more from the rush coming up hour number two is next here from newcastle casino i-44 exit 107